you know what bothers me about the whole system and you're probably going to say this but i just don't i just think it's a it's a stupid system why do i have to sit here with my alarm like there's 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 a discord bot that has a, an alarm when the trader resets oh really yeah it's like this is this is not good game mechanics like why is the fuel like five like five twenty five percent twenty percent of the cost of what it's selling for the flea market like it's a it just doesn't like it's i i just can't i can't giga i can't it's such a stupid yeah. mechanic why am i sitting here spamming refresh <laughs> to buy the fuel so i can save 500 ruples because why would i like what's the point i mean why is jaeger so stupid that he can't just increase his prices bsg has to manually increase the price you know yeah. like it's not gonna surprise me and then you got the whole thing with the bitcoin bitcoin price right so it's like this outside economy in a controlled economy environment. So they have this like unpredictable, like people in the real world don't even know what Bitcoin's going to do. So they're trying to like, oh God, we got to reel this back. Let's increase <laughs> solar power. Uh, <laughs> GPU craft lets up that guys that are like melting over here. Like why? <laughs> like, okay. I think it was a cool idea. It was really cool. But the, the, it was a cool idea. It's, it's, it's not, it's not, <laughs> Yeah, you're saying, like, breaking the game the, right now. Yeah. They're trying so hard to reel it back. And then what what tomorrow it could crash. And then what? We're just gonna have to like what are they gonna do? Be like, all right, patch uh twelve point nine point one, we're undoing every change to the <laughs> to all the changes we've made. Like fuel's back in stock, boys, go get it. You know what I mean? Like what's going on, dude? I I, I it's it's very strange. It it is quite strange. I quite I quite like the thing is right so like there's lots of problems that i have with the system but i quite like what's happening in a general sense welcome to scab talk an escape from tarkov podcast they focus on the continuing development of the game content creation now patch analysis theory crafting and general gameplay discussions i'm one of your hosts church and I'm your other host, Giga Beef. And welcome to the show. Oh, how's it going, Giga? How you been? It's going good. It's going good. It's going good. I think, yeah, the biggest the biggest highlight for me right now is mm-hmm. uh, is my new rig. That's, mm-hmm. probably the, that's probably by far the biggest highlight for me at the moment. It came last Saturday uh, in the morning. I spent most of the day putting it together and did my first stream with it because i managed to get it all up and running just in time nice. I managed to cobble together enough of the systems to to make it function it was actually not as bad as i thought it was going to be as, i guess it's the joy of a pre-build in some ways i've never had a pre-build before and because i normally make my own but yeah the, the rarity of these gpus is really the only way to probably yeah. get one but yeah it's um it's been it's been amazing the mbank encoder is fantastic like the stream looks great the recordings <laughs> look brilliant i think the only downside is that <laughs> i recorded the three hour stream and mm-hmm. it was at a decent quality. So we're going to have to see how the next one is, but it was like 68 gig. Yeah. Which is pretty really big, five. <laughs> which is pretty junky. So it's, yeah, it gets, it gets quite extreme. Yeah. Um, and I know like in the past, I've had some issues editing these kind of things. If you try to just like bring them into premiere pro, for example, mm. um, it has some problems. So I have like, of another program that like cuts stuff up into smaller pieces, but I actually not sure if it's going to even be an issue anymore because it's all on like an M2 disc which is amazingly quick and so yeah. so it's pretty it's pretty fantastic but no i'm i'm 
very pleased with it. It's uh, it's excellent. I really didn't like the quality of some of the um, YouTube stuff. It's quite interesting because like half the people I had to look at the um, the stats just to kind of get an idea because like sometimes mm-hmm. you get comments from people being like, oh, the quality's not very good and blah blah. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know, I know. And I think fifty percent of people are on mobile and fifty percent of people are on desktop. And the people on mobile don't notice because it's small yeah. enough; it doesn't matter. Yeah. Whereas there's like there's a subset of people who are sat there with like you know. I don't know, uh, 144 hertz, like super, super kind yeah. of widescreen crazy monitors, <laughs> and they blow up my you know, YouTube, and it's just like, oh, no, it looks awful. Oh, God, and they type in just like, what are you running on, some kind of potato? And you're like, oh, I, know it's, I know it's terrible. So hopefully this will fix that, and it won't look, it won't look um, completely scuffed anymore. So When you uh, export yes. your project, do you export it to 1080p? Or I used it, to. Uh... Yeah, I okay, did. Yeah. I did. Even though I was actually recording my streams in seven twenty, right. which is a little yeah. bit of a cheat, but I think you get a slightly better encoder on YouTube when you do that, mm, and so you get you get um, a slightly higher quality process processing, even if it's a seven twenty p video. I see. It looks slightly better, um, and I needed all the help I could get. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be honest. So, um, but no, look, it's, it's insane, right? It's like yeah, it makes big files, but hopefully, I'll be able to. I'll be able to manage that and I've got some some decent storage and stuff. But it's just like it's crazy to like go back and look at some of the footage and be like, okay, I've got it full screen on my monitor and it looks like the actual games playing on my screen. Like this is this is crazy. This is crazy. And to do that at the same time as streaming as well, like it's it's mental. Yeah. It's mental. Just cool. like the distribution of sister resources using the MBank encoder is just fantastic. So I'm very excited about that. I'm very, very excited. It's uh big it's a big moment and it kind of coincided quite nicely with 20k subs so it's kind of like a you know milestone like you yeah know, upgrade this thing it's you know getting getting decent and people are giving a lot of support and stuff so so uh, yes get a get a present for myself in the stream and um and the channel and move on move on from there so it's good well, have you been what's it like finally hitting 60 fps on customs oh yeah, I mean, it's it's nice. I mean, the thing is, like before, it was never too bad. It was it was okay, but I had to avoid using like Monstrum four times as yeah. I would just dom- just destroy yeah. my computer. That was always the biggest problem. So you go like, oh, the picture in picture, and you're like, okay, now I'm running at like 48 frames or something, yeah, or, like 52 frames, and it just like it does weird stuff, right? I'm not Tarkov's not the most optimized games we know, and it starts to do weird mm-hmm. things like you get some kind of input lag sometimes when the frames drop below 60. It's like, it's a, it's a bit weird. Um, and so to not have any of that, the game feels super snappy. And I genuinely think it helps. Like I think in other games, it probably doesn't help as much, but in, in Tarkov, it helps a lot just because, and I think like, you know, I've, I've kind of experienced this like ups and downs as well, because as they tinker with the game, like different, different setups and different pieces of hardware, play better or worse on different maps so i've actually had patches where i run 60 fps all the time even with um even with a scope and i've had other times which is kind of like the the latest series where it's kind of back to normal which is you know it's like most of the time it's 60 but then if it gets a bit busy it might be like fifth like mid 50s and then with the scope it's like mm-hmm. in the high 40s something like that and and you can really tell between those different eras of more optimized versus less optimized on your particular system because um, I know there's like some people who have amazing hardware who don't really get yeah. that great FPS, and some people have like you know decent hardware but sort of you know not not top end, and they have like amazing performance on on Tarkov. And so it really just depends on like what system you've got. So I've I've yeah. definitely been through ups and downs myself, and like felt what it's like to play with both. And 
when the game is just feels super super snappy it's like it does actually change it quite significantly feels like you're playing something else like one of the other you know more polished shooters um i think yeah i think it's an advantage that people don't necessarily realize um is actually quite, so it can, quite it can be a huge difference in my mm. opinion yeah just have even just stable 60 not having this drop you know mm. Mm. yeah because i know a lot of people are running like um like 144 hertz these days i think i don't know i'm, I'm not sure if i'd move up to that it's uh don't know if it's necessary i'm also a bit scared to like try it because i think it's one of those things that once you do probably feels like going back to like you know 30 fps when you play when you're playing at 60 normally that kind of thing i'm just like oh god i can play fine at 60 like if i go to 144 am i gonna get stuck there and go like, oh i really oh now i'm gonna have to you know do all sorts of things because yeah. i don't i don't hit 144 even with a new rig yeah so that's I've... partly because i'm streaming and recording at the same time and playing the game it's a one system um setup yeah, I'm pretty sure for 144 hertz or 120 hertz, you you gotta yeah. have like a stable frame rate to match the refresh rate to even get the advantage. Yeah, yeah. So I think the the only other knowledge. way to do it is like you you have one of those new technologies which like um like V Sync or something where you know you've got the one of those or G Sync yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I mean, G Sync, where you've got like I mean it's quite cool that when your monitors like literally just only updates every time it gets a gets a mm-hmm. frame which is pretty pretty mm-hmm. cool but i didn't i didn't bother dabbling with any of that just to uh, stick to yeah try to keep it simple for the time now. being yeah exactly the next upgrade will be a 144 <laughs> 30 inch curve <laughs> <laughs> three pc setup one for recording one for streaming one for gaming chat monitor second monitor third monitor uh, <laughs> yeah that's the way oh. that is the way um how's how's your uh as you talk about going on your general general experience um good i've actually i haven't played a ton of tarkov but i got last weekend i got daisy because it was on sale you know i was like hmm want to try this game out let me go and buy because it's on sale <laughs> and uh man it's just i don't know it's i got so many thoughts on it i just like it's, a- it's a it's a fun game but god there's a lot of rotting <laughs> Like a very short kind of like, well, how what was your like? Because you, you never played it before, right? Yeah, I never played it before. So I mean, coming into it, it's really ironic because I'm like, man, this reminds me so much of Tarkov. But it's like <laughs> Daisy came first, not Tarkov. Yeah, I almost wanted to be like, man, they really took a lot of inspiration from Tarkov. <laughs> I think it's the opposite. Way. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Daisy um... to me is like it's like the pure it's like the pure game, Daisy. Mm-hmm. Daisy's like it's, it's it's kind of closer to sort of like realism's the wrong word because realism can mean all sorts of different things, but it's closer to kind of like real life is probably what I want to say. In that you spend a lot of your time messing about, and only a very small yeah. amount of your time is spent like actually doing the like really involved raids and that kind of thing. The rest of it's just like spent trying to keep yourself alive. I mean, I don't know how your experience has been. I don't, I'm not sure how much you've played, but I went when I went back to Daisy. Mm-hmm. I actually really, really struggled to get back into it, even though I played it. I played it a lot back in the day, and I was like, I can't even keep myself alive anymore. Like I'd, I'd forgotten half the stuff, and I think they've changed a lot of things to make it really. And it's quite difficult on vanilla to yeah. not just immediately die over and over and yeah. over and over and over again. Well, that was like kind of so when I first played, I was playing vanilla, and. <clears throat> I sort of thought of it more as like, this is the experience 
of DayZ, where it's like, I'm literally struggling to survive. That's like part of the experience. You yeah. know? Like I was dying to zombies. Mm-hmm. I was like just dying because I didn't know how to do certain things, you know? Because the game doesn't really have any any instructions on anything. You just have no. to like figure right. it, it out. It you on the shoreline and it's just like, there you go. Yeah. Which maybe you could be like, that's part of the experience. But anyways. Um, yeah. And then I switched to some modded servers where it was more like, pvp oriented like you could it was almost like tarkov in a way where you like start off with ruples and then they have like this oh. modded atm where you could withdraw your ruples and then there's like these vending machines where you could buy guns and mods and ammo and stuff and just so that was kind of interesting and you could sell stuff to the traders and there was like different traders on the map like it was yeah like, hmm, this is kind of interesting see i think this is the 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 problem that i had was that because I played Daisy Vanilla previously, I kind of thought like, yeah, that's what I want to do. And I never, like, I ended up reading around it afterwards because when I picked it back up again recently, I spent, like, probably four to five hours dying <laughs> on Vanilla on wow. repeat before going, because I was like, I'm very stubborn. And <laughs> yeah, that's... I'm like, I'm going to make this work, right? This must be workable. And then reading around online, just being like, okay, like, what's the deal? And everyone's like, don't play Vanilla, play, play Modded. <laughs> It was pretty much like the, I don't know, the consensus on, online, which I was, I don't know, kind of saddened me a bit because I quite like the old Daisy experience. But anyway, yeah, I, I kind of agree. I, I like the, I like that the goal because I was actually really surprised. Um, I was expecting a lot more players for the map size mm. it, for vanilla yeah. for what I was playing on. There was only sixty. That's hardly any. Really, most of the players were at the, the freshies, if you will, <laughs> were yeah. at the starting area. Yeah. So I was like, like, most of the time you die to hunger and stuff rather than like yeah. a shot. Yeah, it was very, it was it's in, it's in, it's different. You know, it's it's something I haven't experienced before. So it was very. It's, like, it's much more on the survival angle than it is on the yes. kind of like looter shooter it, angle. Yes, it plays really hard into yeah. that, and it gets yeah. uh, it gets there later on. Like it goes more looter shooter later, but the beginning is like the beginning is like don't starve <laughs> if you've ever played that. Don't start um, together, yeah, yeah, which is just like crazy. So it's a bit, bit more like that, or like the beginning of Minecraft when you have no idea what you're doing, yeah. Um, and then it kind of like progresses into more like Tarkov esque, kind of towards the end, which is like kind of what Tarkov's taken sure. away. They've like removed all of that to begin with. They've removed all of the survival bit, yeah. Because when you sit in your base, it's just like your health. This is like that's the fundamental difference, right? If you sit in your base in Tarkov, your health and like stats go up. So you sit in your base mm-hmm. in Daisy, your your food and stuff goes down. <laughs> So the, the more time you spend, like you know, messing around, just poking rocks, then you just you just die in in Daisy. But it did Which seem, I like. Yeah, I liked it too. But it did seem very convoluted to actually get yourself started when I tried. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because you have to start the ground running. Like you have to, if you don't have food on you, you got to go get food immediately. Yeah. And then, like, depending on the elements, you may have to like deal with being wet and catching a cold like like that's kind of the part that i liked was like i felt like i constantly had to be keeping track of multiple you know things like i had to make sure my clothing was good my food was good i had to make sure like i wasn't dying to zombies i had something to to fight zombies with like there was like just a lot of like things i had to constantly micromanage which i liked um the part i didn't like was running around in the dark (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or having to like you know 
my stamina bar be half because I had too many items on me and I had to like constantly sprint, stop sprinting, sprint, stop sprinting just to travel. Like it was, yeah, the running part's awful, but yeah, we used to call it a running simulator back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which that's the nice thing about Tarkov is like they, they cut out a lot of that like fat, if you will, and it's just like straight to the, yeah, the shooting part, you know, exactly. Even though they have like that thermometer icon the hydration energy like they have those survival elements in there it's just not yeah exactly and like it's not uh, it's not even really like a focus i would say like it's yeah even the stuff like like food and and water is kind of like it exists in the game and it's there to like annoy you and you have to like deal with it sometimes but it's not like a core element of the gameplay if you know what i mean yeah yeah it's interesting one it's an interesting one i've always said that like daisy for me is kind of like the original game and then there's like two spiritual spin-offs that you can take it. One is PUBG where you because the problem with Daisy is that there's no there's no like the, the action isn't forced in any way. Like you can you could just not see anybody for weeks, if you so wished, just by staying in empty areas of the map. And so there's no mm. real um there's no requirement to see anybody else. And if you want to play it that way, then that's fine. But it means that there's like even if you if you do want to see people, there's kind of like vast expanses of time where less nothing happens. And so there's yeah. kind of like two, there's like the, there's two kind of like spiritual ways for it. PUBG is like the most obvious because it's just like, well, we'll just take like right. a Daisy esque situation and Daisy esque map, and then we'll we'll just like put a circle on it and shrink it down so that people are forced to be like right next to each other, and then they have to kill each other, and it's last man standing. So that's that's easy. And then Tarkov's kind of like the the other way of spinning it, which I'd never really thought about until it came out, which is like, okay, well you've got the limited amount of time, you don't have to kill everybody, but you've got to move through the map to the other end and the way that the maps are designed like that was the one thing that struck me about tarkov when i first played it was how the maps are designed and customs in particular just because it's like a ton of walls and there's blocks in the way and there's like the factory sort of shortcut but you need a key for it and like mm-hmm. this is before the expansion to be fair um so yeah. it's a little bit more open now but there's like there's a lot of blockades in in it's tarkov sort of like... maps in general there's a lot mm-hmm. of pinch points and stuff that are kind of like designed and built into the game even somewhere like shoreline which is mostly open you've got to cross the the you know the stream yeah, somehow that's true yeah um and i think that map design is quite interesting and it kind of like yeah it forces the action because it's like well people are going to go to the the loot spots but then also you know you, you might see somebody on the way out even if you don't want to because you've got to get through somehow through the middle um and so that's kind of like the other way of doing it which is is quite nice because you can kind of decide on what you want to do and you can have a short raid or a fat or a long raid it just depends really on on what you want and i quite like that it it keeps more of the self-directedness of of daisy and cutting out a lot of the the rubbish um whereas yeah PUBG is obviously a lot more arcadian i mean fun but it's a lot more arcadian rng style you know you kind of like you choose your raid in tarkov right whereas PUBG is determined by the circle and sometimes the circle screws you and to your point, I think you could even make the argument that Tarkov is survival in that you have to survive going from point A to point B to extract to fight other players on your way. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And like and you don't have to fight them either. So it's like your route is as important as anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only constraints are the time limits and the extracts that you're given. Which I think is cool. Because then it's like, well, then you can decide what you want to do. You can go straight away. You can go and do what you need to do and leave. You can sit around you in the bush for time. 30 minutes and yeah. go and make, you know, make dinner or something and then come back if you want. Like, it's really up okay. to you. Yeah. Um, and I think that that level of flexibility is nice. There's actually one thing that I just, I've started, you know, just struggled more and more with as I've, you know, 
got older and had more responsibilities and that kind of thing. It's just like some of the timing. Whereas the, the beautiful thing about Tarkov is if you only have 10 minutes, you can just go and play Factory, which I, has actually been you know a great appeal to me because like if you only have 10 minutes, you can't really play PUBG because if you're going to win, yeah. it's going to take 40 minutes. There's not much you can do about that. Um, and so I think that flexibility is awesome. You can kind of like, yeah, you can make your own experience in, in that way and you can decide how long you want to be in Raid for. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. It's one of, the, one of the big plus points for me on EFT that I think people don't really ever talk about. Yeah. Talking Tarkov. Mm-hmm. Should we move into what ta- what changed this week? Probably should have started with that before we went on about other stuff, but it's fine. We can talk yeah. about it now. We can talk about it now. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what did we have? Yeah, we had the patch that came out. What was it? 12.09? Was that like the official? I don't even keep a, a notice of the numbers, honest, if I'm honest. It's yeah. just a new patch within, you know, within the latest yeah. patch. I don't even bother trying. I don't even bother trying. But like, yeah, I skimmed through the notes as well. And it's mostly just like bug fixes and, and this kind of stuff. Yes, yes. I think. Um, I did want to ask you, did you play yeah. the patch when it first came out? I actually didn't. I actually didn't. didn't. Okay. Because I think I know what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah. Because I did. And as I was loading into the game, I looked on Twitter and Baldi Lokes, someone I follow, he was saying that Ergo got changed. And I was like, oh, interesting. So the, immediately I went to the hideout and mm-hmm. sure enough, it was like my m4 and hk that was like you know 50 ergo and like 46 ergo was felt like it was zero ergo like it was really slow giga i was like oh my god what have they done (laughs) i was like i started like playing around with the mods and and then yeah apparently it was bugged they said i I think so i think so i think it was something to do like what i read it was something to do the weight bugged Or was it just the test? Marks? Was it an accidental thing they copied to the patch? Like, because oh it, no, whoops, sorry, we uh, eat, right, we put the next yeah. patch's ergo changes in this patch by mistake. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was a bug. Sorry. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what yeah. I'm wondering. Yeah, I don't know. I heard, I heard different things. I heard someone say that weight mattered of your gun, and then someone said that weight mattered of your PMC. And then I saw clips of people using pistols and the ADS was like insane. Like it was literally like one millisecond. Like, like instantaneous. Yes. Yeah. And then whereas like 40 ergo felt like zero ergo, but the HKs are, I mean, the, the, I think they're pretty heavy. They're, they were like four, close to four kilograms. Mm. And I, I didn't have time to test like a, a light gun. But yeah. I was, yeah, I'm super like interested what's going on there. Yeah, I'm interested too. I mean, it's it's got to be part of the whole like slowing the gameplay down kind of thing, right? It must be. Um, but I don't know. I, I think that one of the issues with, that they have to be careful with, and I think we kind of have touched on this in the past a little bit, is that the worse mm. they make, well, m- most people care about Ergo for ADS speed, really. It's kind of yeah, helps pretty with like, much. Yeah, kind of helps a bit with like stamina for holding ADS, sort of. Right. But because of like, the way that the peaking advantage sort of works in Tarkov, you don't normally want to just like hold an angle, so it doesn't matter as much. Normally people lie down for that stuff with sniper rifles, so I feel like that matters a bit less. And then the sound like kind of matters a bit, but like if you're making mm-hmm. any sound, that's like you may as well be making a loud sound. I'm not sure if it really matters. Like if it's if it's not silent, like someone can hear it. 
And so I'm not sure it matters too much. So people really just care about like the ADS speed. And the thing that they have to be careful about is because point shooting is so good. Yeah. They have to be careful that they don't nerf ADS so that everyone just literally runs around and point fires at everybody because it's, yes. um, you know, it doesn't matter for Ergo. Like I've been, I've actually had a lot of fun this week finishing off some of the, um, some of the shotgun quests. And I've been running around on factory with a 20, 20 like round <laughs> drum Saiga with AP 20 in yes. it with like zero it. ergonomics and just point shooting it with a laser. I literally don't ADS this weapon. It's, that's, that's it's crazy. Over any distance, it. over any distance, just in factory, it's just like, nah, we're just going to be firing from the hip boys. It's very good. It's very good. So I think they just have to be careful that they don't, um, they don't mess that up because otherwise it changes kind of like the meta of what people will do. Yeah, and I, I think to sort of tie it back in a little bit with what we were talking about earlier, mm. one thing that I found interesting with DayZ, and this also ties into uh, a video I watched from FairTX, um, was how they handled your like aiming of your gun. So like by default, your guns, if I understood correctly, it's not hip fire, but it's like just your it your you're holding it, but you're not really aiming at anything, right? Yeah. You're talking Tarkov here like, or Daisy? Daisy. Okay. And to aim, you have to, you know, I guess it's like you're, you're point firing, so to speak. You have to hold, uh, what is it, mouse two or right click. Yeah. And then to ADS, you have to press shift. And so you have like uh, these like two different firing states if you will mm-hmm. whereas tarkov is like you're always aiming hip fire it's not hip fire yeah. it's like point shooting exactly exactly i think like some other people have said i've seen people asking for this um that you know ads would lose you stamina on your arms point the point firing would lose it but but very slowly and that you'd have like a low ready stance as well that was more kind of like sustainable that would just be like your default. And I think yeah. that would kind of make more sense because like, yeah, literally like everyone goes around like, you know, they're not, you're not looking down the side, but you're like this the whole time constantly, into right. your shoulder, like continuously everywhere, which is fine if you're on something like factory, right? Because you're like clearing rooms and clearing angles and clearing corners and stuff. But when you're like sprinting through shoreline or woods, like you're not going to have it like up there the whole time. It just doesn't make sense. But, but I think it also like plays into what you were talking about with like uh you know the point fire being too strong. It's like it's so it's it's honestly like a like a arcade that I feel like always being able to shoot your gun point fire is plays into more the arcadey side. Because that's traditionally how like arcade games are. Like you're just always ready to that's fire. That's quite interesting so, actually. That's a good point. So therefore you can strafe and shoot like there's no disadvantage to strafing because you're always ready to fire whereas like daisy you have if you want to be mobile you can't shoot like there's a trade-off yeah so if i want to like jiggle peek something to see where someone's at you know i can't shoot back if i see him then i can but i have to like give up my uh ability to jiggle peek it's a very so good it's an interesting point. trade-off yeah, yeah. That really is a great point. Maybe that is why the ADAD meta is so good in Tarkov, honestly. Because like when you think back to something even like as modern as, as CS, right? There is no ADS yeah. in CS. And if you painted a, a crosshair on the screen on Tarkov, it would actually play a lot like CS. Yes. Bizarrely. But only 
difference would be DS has an, a little bit of inertia. Yeah, and, and Tarkov really has no inertia at all. Right. Which is, I guess, how TS deals with it being too strong. Uh, yeah, kind of. Uh, I don't know, like, because the inertia in TS, it's not, it's not, it's not super strong, but at the it's same time, like... it's also if you're moving and shooting, you're super inaccurate. I guess there's multiple things they added. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, they make it like they like bridge the gap between like arc, like Half Life arcade shooter, mm-hmm. and like a realistic, you know. Counter Strike, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, exactly. With like the technology they had, it's actually pretty interesting. It huh? is. I remember the most annoying thing. Actually, there's two things about CS that annoy me. I didn't realize for ages that the shooting mm-hmm. pattern was fixed. I didn't realize shooting that for a long time. Like the the actual like the recoil pattern for all the guns is fixed. Oh the yeah. Pattern, which I didn't realize for a lot. I played it for for years and didn't know this because I never played it competitively. Mm-hmm. I just played it with mates. Um, because I was always like the competitive. Well, back then I was playing competitive strategy. And mm-hmm. FPS was just like the, the other fun games that I used to play. Um, and like f- like three years later, when I've read this and I was like, surely not. No way. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, my God, this is actually true. How the hell did I not know? This is insane. Um, and the, the second thing that used to annoy me about CS is the um, the super inertia when you get shot. Do you remember that? Like you're like trying to peek yeah, around like the corner and, that's, and that stops people from doing peeking too, right? Because it's like you're trying to that, peek, that is, someone hits you, annoying. then you can't move again. You can't get back around yeah. the corner. And I think that's like another element that they added for it. It was, it did feel kind of painful though, because you're like, don't get back in, no. And then yeah. you're getting killed. <laughs> or someone's chasing yeah. you and they're like, just clip you as you're coming through the door and you're like super slow trying to get away. It's like one of those horrible dream nightmares where you're trying to run, but you can't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I wanted to tie it back to Bear TX has a series now um, where he talks about questioning Tarkov's realism. And okay. He, and, and in this one, part two I watched, he specifically talked about what we just kind of went over was like the always ready to fire versus like, mm-hmm. you know, having your gun in your hands, but not necessarily aiming. And he was like contrasting it to his airsoft gameplay. And because um, yeah. he had a cam on his like right eye shoulder and he was kind of like showing how, you know, like when you're when your gun's down, like you can like free look independently. Um, like you could turn your body and stuff. But then when you have your gun and a ready stance, you know, it's, I don't know. It's just like it, 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 you can't do all the things like you couldn't like, I don't know. It, it's just, you can't like strafe and shoot. I don't know. You have to watch the video. That's like go watch the video. I think I watched. I think I watched one of them. I didn't realize it was a full series. I remember seeing some of his airsoft clips though, because I did. I did watch one of them. I think, and maybe it was the very first one ages ago. Yeah, Um, and it was quite cool because he was talking about like just how it feels about, um, you know, playing airsoft with people that you know as well and that kind of thing. I wonder if he. God, maybe I'm mixing the two videos up because I actually watched a Veritas video recently, which was the latest, like getting Tarkov to one, where he makes mm-hmm. the controversial point about like teammate indicators in mm-hmm. Tarkov and about what's. I, I, have you seen it? Have you seen this latest one? Yeah, I, yeah. Which I thought was great, and we've I have actually talked about this with my real life friends who I got involved in Tarkov and now don't play as one of mm-hmm. the things that like annoyed the hell out of them, which is that you you in real life you would know who your friends are because you can just tell right, by the way that people walk and stuff like yeah. You know, if you've ever been like, yeah, 
a school or like uni or work or whatever right and like you're, you're sat there with a bunch of other people like you can tell who's walking around behind you just almost because of like the sound of their movement right if you know the people well enough like it's crazy how how you can tell who's approaching you without actually even looking at them it's it's, it's nuts actually um but in tarkov like everyone looks the same everyone's the same height like everyone's the same build and you just can't tell who's who and it's actually inherently unrealistic not to have some kind of like it doesn't have to be you know it doesn't have to be uh really obvious but it was it was more about like the realistic experience as opposed to you know you wouldn't have an indicator in real life it's like well you kind of would like you want to sim you want to simulate your pmc's recognition of other people and i thought his idea that was really cool was that like that indicator could potentially get stronger the more you played with people which i thought would, would be quite we could play into like fun. the memory skill or there's sort of something like that yeah something like yeah. that and um, i thought that was good because it was it was funny i actually messaged um one of my other friends afterwards after i watched it and i was just like you'll never guess what you know one of the biggest content creators has said about this and he was just like i said you basically said this like six months ago and he was just like yeah it's stupid he, yeah he's actually um in the military and he was just mm. like oh it's just ridiculous i don't know who's on my own team like it's crazy you know this is actually not it's not realistic that i can't tell it's you or an enemy um because i you'd know right you'd be able to see like especially if someone's not wearing balaclava or anything like you can definitely tell then but um Anyway, yeah, no, I thought I thought that was interesting. It was interesting. I think what they were going for, um, just to touch on that briefly, was when I played Daisy, I did play for a friend. Shout out to Burnt Potato, by the way. <laughs> and we, one of the things that came up, he was like, "Hey, let's take a look at each other and see what we're wearing." And I realized that Daisy, there's a ton, like a ton of clothing options, and there's even like more than three faces and two factions you know yeah. what i mean like there's a lot more variety like it's it would be and you have the armband system like i think what they were trying to do is make it so you had to like because daisy doesn't have like those built-in stuff like daisy's all about survival and so like players are like an obstacle that like you have to survive encounters like i actually ran into we were me and my buddy were split and i ran into an enemy and they were they were being friendly, but I was like not trusting them. You know, I mean, that was like part of the interaction. Yeah, we, you know, there's void. So I, I I say all that to say I think, in their defense, you know, I I I do agree that I think how the game is an indicator would be very very helpful. But I think in their defense, they're trying to simulate this whole like uncertainty, you know, of like friendly or foe, you know. Mm. Um, but they don't have like all the support, the foundation to to really make that. Because currently the game is shoot on sight. Like there is no point in not shooting someone. Like why would you not shoot? I mean, it, that like I don't know. The game just does not support that at all. But yeah, the only reason anyways. why you wouldn't is like if you're in a team and you're not sure if it's your own friend or not. That's the only exactly. reason why not to. Which is why I quite like playing solo because it's just like gonna everybody down immediately. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Everyone's yeah, everyone's an enemy. Shoot anything that moves. Yeah, which is actually easier in some ways, especially when you're prone at team killing, like I can be. Yeah. <laughs> Should we um, <laughs> jump back on topic? I know we went. I don't yes. know how we got. We managed got to go there, heavily but... off topic. Um, yeah. So we, we finished about the ergo stuff, <laughs> right? And then the next one that I wanted to that I wanted to look at was, I mean, this is wrapped up in kind of like the whole the whole thing that's going on right now, which is the the fuel apocalypse. Mm -hmm. as i like to call it um but they've increased the cost of the solar power module even more because i guess everybody's trying to rush it to make their fuel cans last longer 
Um, and when I looked earlier, fuel cans were going, the metal ones were going for 680K, oh which was pretty okay. crazy. And so they've increased the, the cost of the solar power even more. It now is like four of those um, AESA things, those arrays, and they're 2.8 million each at the moment on the flea. They've changed it from 25,000 euros to 50,000 euros, which is 7.5 million rubles on its own. And then you need 10 mil uh, military cables and 10 filters, which together costs you one mil. So like the solar panel thing is now a serious amount of money. It was quite a lot before, um, but now it's like absolutely insane. It's yeah. insane how much it costs. And it's kind of like another another way to try and balance the cost of the bitcoins which is continuing to go up by the way i mean i'm i'm astounded but um that's definitely that's definitely off topic um but i think bitcoins are near fifty five thousand dollars a piece now and so that in tarkov that translates through to about 710k i think um which is i mean it's absolutely insane at this point right you get over two million rubles per day i think they did actually increase the time of bitcoins as well as of like yeah this afternoon or something and so it's like full bitcoin farm rather than being like six hours 45 it's now like seven hours 10 or something like that i don't know i mean that's not really going to change anything they're just slowly creeping it higher and higher which is which is fair enough um and then i guess another related craft which is the gpu one they've also made more expensive so now it's it used to be i think like was it like two circuit boards or something and then like four cpus two fans and and a vpx and now it's eight circuit boards so they're like making it harder to craft gpus in the in the hideout as well because i guess a lot of people are crafting that just to plug them into their farm or to sell them i think when i last looked at those they were going for 1.3 million on the fleet that's crazy which is which is uh, which is crazy. I was actually making VPXs because they were going for four hundred k, and you get two of them. I heard the about that. Yeah, um, I think Airwing actually did a video about that, but I was doing that beforehand um, as well, and it was good to see him kind of confirm that that was the good thing. But then, then GPUs have gone up like even further, and VPX has kind of stayed where they are. So I actually switched back to GPUs again. <laughs> mm. um, but it's just yeah, it's mental, right? The, the fuel situation is crazy. Like the the entire player base pretty much is crying out in pain. And no one knows what to do. You can try to go and get the the barters, but pineapple juice is now like fifty k. Because and they've increased thing. it. It's it went from two juices and one super water to three juices and one super water. And I don't actually oh, okay. juices. Really, I didn't. I don't do that water. barter. So um, so I don't know. I just buy it's, the yeah. the things off uh, level two, Jaeger. I just buy as one hundred and forty k. So you're one of those guys that sits there with his five different alarms in every room in his house, and once it goes off, he runs his computer and fucking buys the Jaeger. I kind of would be, although because I upgraded to the um, solar power quite early. When I fill the generator, it's like two hundred and forty hours of fuel, which is crazy. (laughs) And so, like the last time I put fuel in the generator was probably about five days ago. And I've still wow, got like three insane. or four cans in there, which is insane. So you actually only, you hardly have to catch any of his things once you've got solar power to mm. to refill it, right? It's like each can gives you like two days of leeway or something. And I so like, a couple of times I've kind of like caught it when it's like 20 minutes and I'm like, okay, well, I'll just, you know, make a note of that and I'll, I'll pop back and, yeah. uh, and and do it like that, which is sort of the way I've done it. I think a lot, the reason why a lot of people are complaining about this, and this is one awkward awkward thing about it um i kind of want to talk a little bit more about like the global limits thing which is sort of the issue but like sort of as like an incidental sort of side just for a second it's kind of like the way that the 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 traders 
and the limits are implemented in the first place is a little bit weird because mm -hmm. a lot of people are like, well, I get to the craft and it's always, it's sold out. Like the, the, the trade is sold out immediately before I even get to it, even if I wait. But a lot of people don't realize there's like a trick to it, right? Where if the refresh timer between the flea market and the trader are actually not the same. Yeah. And they're desynchronized, which is weird, which means that the flea market timer will finish first, but then it will just go gray and say out of stock and it'll sit yeah. there, but there's no timer. And if you keep like either refreshing that or going back to the main trader page and pressing buy, you can actually buy it before the refresh timer goes to zero on the trader page. And I'm still not entirely certain when that is exactly, but I just go between the two and just keep looking at them and seeing yeah, if the flea market one turns up, whatever. Sure. Yeah. And I, I think so far my experience has been that you can buy it on the trader page before the flea market is even refreshed, yeah. but you use the flea market timer to determine when you want to go and right. buy it from the trader page. That seems to work for me. Uh, and once you've bought one, it seems to refresh the flea market. So then what I do is I'll go back to the flea market and just press F5 and just watch the numbers going down and seeing how quickly people are buying them, which is very. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a strange one. So unless you know that like little sort of idiosyncrasy with, within the way that the flea market and the trade system interact, I don't know why it's like that, actually. Um, but it is. And that kind of allows you to actually get it. But I, I do feel for the people who don't realize that that's the case, because by the time it comes through, I mean, there's a good two minute difference between the flea market timer and the trader timer. And two minutes mm. is way too long. It's like normally gone after like a minute. Um, yeah, or 45 you can seconds. miss out for sure. Yeah. And then it's like, well, then what are you going to do? Right. Then you've got to either go to interchange as chat saying it's hard to run because people geared people are running it for fuel because they were 700k. Um, or you just have to buy one off the flea market and suck it up, which is which is rough um, or try and do the other barters, you know, the get pineapple juice, but it's, yeah, it's, it's increasingly you, difficult. You know, what bothers me about the whole system and you're probably going to say this, but I just don't, I just think it's a, it's a stupid system. Why do I have to sit here with my alarm? Like there's, there's, there's a discord bot that has a, an alarm when the trader resets. Oh really? Yeah. It's like, this is, this is not good game mechanics. Like, why is the fuel like five, like five, 25 percent, 20 percent of the cost of what it's selling for the flea market? Like it's a it just doesn't like it's I, I just can't I can't giga I can't. It's such a stupid yeah. mechanic. Why am I sitting here spamming refresh to buy the fuel? So I can say 500 ruples because why would I like what's the point? I mean, why is Jaeger so stupid that he can't just increase his prices? BSG has to manually increase the price, you know, yeah. like. It's not going to surprise me. And then you got the whole thing with the Bitcoin Bitcoin price, right? So it's like this outside economy in a controlled economy environment. So they have this like unpredictable, like people in the real world don't even know what Bitcoin's going to do. So they're trying to like, oh God, we got to reel this back. Let's increase <laughs> solar power. Uh, GPU craft lets up that guys that are like melting over here. Like why? <laughs> like, okay. I think it was a cool idea. It was really cool. but the the it was a cool idea it's 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 not it's not yeah you're saying it's like, breaking the game it, right now. Yeah. they're trying so hard to reel it back and then what what tomorrow it could crash and then what we're just gonna have to like what are they gonna do like all right patch uh 12.9.1 we're undoing every change to the <laughs> to all the changes we've made like fuels back in stock boys go get it you know what i mean like <laughs> What's going on, dude? I, I, it's, it's very strange. It, it is quite strange. I quite, I quite like, 
the thing is right so like there's lots of problems that i have with the system but i quite like what's happening in a general sense okay i do enjoy this situation i think it's fun i think it's good for the game i think people have been rattled out of their like stupor of just like turn brain off turn g you know, gpus okay. on and just print money right and i quite like the fact that the game sometimes comes and goes Oi, sucker, everything you knew about the game, like I was actually, I was joking about it in my Discord, but I was just like, you know, they could do much mm. more radical things, right? They could have crazy events. They could have crazy events in this game. I was like, imagine if they just said like, oh my God, like a massive, like, you know, nuclear meltdown happens nearby or something. There's a huge <laughs> EMP and they literally just blow up everyone's GPUs. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine what the player base would do if they just blew everyone's Reddit GPUs would up? explode. I know, I know. But um, I'm not saying that that's necessarily a good thing to do, but I mean... <laughs> It's. I like it that the games are interesting when there's choices, right? And okay, I don't feel that even if it's kind of like it makes the game easier, which in some ways it's like, you know, I quite enjoy the fact personally that Bitcoins are ridiculously expensive and that I've already got the stuff to, to make them because it means I can basically run any kit and that's fine. But taking a step back and looking at the game from the outside and thinking like, is this really how the game should be? I'm not really sure. And should you just be able to print free money once you get to a certain point? I don't know. Like, yes, you should, mm -hmm. you should, you know, there's RPG elements. You should be able to, you know, do stuff in the hideout and that's fine. Right. Craft things. And, you know, you, you have the ability to, to mine Bitcoins and all of that. That's okay. Mm -hmm. But there should be like, maybe there should be some more trade-offs or something like maybe there's some risks involved. I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't like things to just be like a risk-free, like no brainer Yeah, because it makes yeah, the game less interesting. Right. And people go, yes. Oh, I'm so bored in the end game. And it's just like, well, no wonder. Right. Because it's just like, you can print free money doing this. You know, all the loot is it's all right. in fixed spawns and blah, blah, blah. Right. There's like, there's lots of mechanics in this game that are like not unpredictable and, and are very obvious. And I actually really like, I don't necessarily like the implementation, but I quite like this as a thing because it's like shook a lot of people out of like what they were doing and it's like well now you just got to change what you were doing and i think this is i think this is good for people i think this is good for for gameplay in some ways but um i mean to your point before like i get what they're trying to do with the scarcity thing i understand mm -hmm. why they've implemented it as global limits um having the refresh every you know couple of like two out two hours or two and a half hours or something is really strange and a, and a bad implementation of that even though it kind of does what they want but it it right it influences i kind of see what you're saying way. yeah i see what you're saying though i think i think you have a good point because now if you can't get the fuel and you don't want to pay the fee you can go into raid and get the fuel that's sort of the the driving the game driving that gameplay element which adds that risk in because now you're risking gear to get fuel kind of yeah and it's and it's like driving people to do different stuff. So it's like, right? Yeah, there were geared people in interchange in Ollie, and it's like, well, this this hasn't really happened before. And people are changing their behavior because yeah. of of things that have happened I see what in the saying. broader economy, yeah. which I think is interesting. And it's just like, it means it means things like you know the loot runs change and the hot areas change. And mm -hmm. as we were saying before, it's like you know last wipe, um, everybody was after um, oh god. Ledexes, right? Because they're so expensive. Yeah. Ledexes, no one cares now, right? Ledexes are what, like 600, 700? GPUs are what everyone wants. And these arrays, those are the things everybody really wants. They're like three, you know, 
three three million or something and so like it kind of changes the priorities i quite like that there's there's stuff that's in flux and you have to like think a little bit and it kind of gives the ability for players to sort of like think ahead and predict stuff it's like me and erwin talked about last time you know we both bought like a ton of gpus early but did either of us see the the arrays going crazy because everyone wanted to do the solar power i mean i i didn't really think that far ahead but you could have yeah. right and the, the fact that that's that's like the possible i actually think is quite quite cool because it's like you know if you're smart about it and actually thinking about it in that way then like yeah obviously you'd have to go and get them and like have them because the finding raid system and then store them and then wait and then wait for the price to go off and that kind of thing but like it's possible and it's more dynamic i think it's i think it's better than just like do these loot runs you'll always make money get to the bitcoin farm like you know trade your stuff in to get to the bitcoin farm and then just print infinite money um let me ask i think it's more interesting let me ask you a question are you well two questions one are you finished with your thought before i interject yes (laughs) two do you think you should have a right to trade or fuel? Is that is the hideout now? An, is it a necessity to have fuel in your like? You know what I mean. I controversially, and I think I maybe have even changed my because beforehand, right? I just didn't really think of, and I didn't think twice about it because it was so plentiful and it was so cheap. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds crazy now, right? But you remember a time when. You could buy empty fuel boxes for exactly the same price as the full fuel yeah. boxes because people were making them into mag boxes and they were both really plentiful, so it was very cheap. So you'd actually make you get full fuel and just turn it straight into mag boxes without even using it because you couldn't use them fast enough. Like it's it's it's, it's nuts. Um, but yeah, I I feel like in terms of your your because your question is what about um I've developed myself already. Your question's about like the the right to like trader items. I, I feel that. Like as a player, do I have a do I have a right? Is that like a earned privilege to have fuel always ready for me, or is that? Yeah, because oh, I when I think what, about I think, it, yeah. well, go ahead, go ahead. I remember, I remember what I was going to say now, which is that after this fuel situation appeared, I kind of like yeah, because I didn't really think about it before, but I kind of changed my mind about the hideout, and it was I almost figured that like it should almost be a bit of a struggle to get fuel, like not that you shouldn't mm-hmm. be able to use it, but it almost now feels a bit strange to me that you can run your hideout or that the expectation is that your hideout should be running 24 mm-hmm. seven. And I don't know whether that's necessarily good. And the traders obviously have a big hand in that because you can buy this, this trader fuel from Jaeger. If you know the trick, you can, you can make sure that you get some. Um, and as you said, it's five times cheaper than or three, you know, four or five times cheaper than it is on the flea market. Now, I don't necessarily think that is a good idea. What I what I do think is a good idea, though, is to give people the ability to buy it sometimes. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think locking people out completely is probably the wrong way. But having the trader fuel, like, I don't know, like, because there's other, there's, other, there's other systems that you could use to make this better, right? Things like there's no restocking kind of situation, like, traders go in and out of stock of stuff and if something's out of stock you can go on a wait list for the next stock stuff like like something like that i think would be better because then you don't just have to sit there and wait right and it's kind of like a first come first serve thing and you can't put an order in for like 10 you have to put an you can only put an order in for one and so once you've got your one you then have to put another order in for another one and if you don't then other people are going to get in the queue and so it'll just be a big queue for it and maybe he only refreshes like once every day for it or something so jaeger on his own 
would not be enough to run the hideout 24 7 and if you do want to run it 24 7 you have to either go into raid you have to buy it off the flea market off another player you know etc etc something like that and I, I think that would make it more interesting so it's like you're not locked out you can run it some of the time so if you you know if you need to you can run it you can get something from jaeger like every couple of days or whatever because you go on the wait list for fuel and it comes in and you know, imports it externally and it's slightly cheaper that's fine but i, I think being able to just the expectation is run your stuff continuously. Um, again, I'm not sure if it's really Even, in keeping with with the feeling of, of the game. Yeah, I mean, maybe you answer my question, but I guess what I'm trying to say is like the something uh, something like level 51 strain, for example. Mm-hmm. I feel like you you put in the work, therefore you expect to be rewarded and maybe and maybe you could argue you should be rewarded yeah whereas something like the fuel you know i guess you could argue you put in the work to level up the trader therefore you should be rewarded i i'm almost starting to think that maybe fuel is just too rewarding because it depending on who you are it's like or maybe like the guy just starting out, you know, it's like, oh, I can craft with something he can craft that he needs for a quest. A GPU, a um a flash drive, yeah. a you know, something in the work circuit boards. Mm-hmm. Whereas for, you know, some other guy, like, oh, I can just print money now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um so I guess yeah, I, I guess what I'm saying is do you think is fuel does a Tarkov player it's my American it's my Russian 2028 right to have fuel in my hideout you know what I mean is what do you think about that I think people I think people feel that it is you can tell from the various comments that people are just like put it back change it back to the way it was please the key to please honestly there's like so much crying um but yeah I don't think I don't really think that I don't know, like my 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 um, views on the way things should go normally ends up going kind of towards the more hardcore end, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know whether that's just because uh, I played a bunch or got to the end game or whatever. And like, I think it's, I just think it comes back to the fact that I don't, I, I think I've said this right from our very first conversation, which is that I just mm-hmm. don't really like the traders very much. Yeah. And I kind of agree with you there. I don't mind the flea market. The flea market's okay. I do think it mm-hmm. removes some of the scarcity in the game, as I've said a million times before. But again, as I've said previously, levels one to ten are really hard because you're basically yes. playing hardcore mode, and yeah. that's why it's so difficult. And so, the traders only advan- ad- advantage the, the the top end players, which is is fine. It's supposed to be an RPG. That's kind of okay. But again, I don't think that anything should be like. Just being able to buy the fuel from Jaeger is just like it's just too it's just too easy. It just feels too easy. You just like buy the fuel from Jaeger, and you're guaranteed to make money out of the hideout. I just I think there should be there should be more decisions to be made. There should be more downsides. There should be you, know, you should have to make a choice. Like I always like those things in games where it's just like oh here's this amazing thing, but and it comes with some kind of catch that you're like okay well then I'm gonna have to like be careful around X Y Z. And I don't know how you'd really implement that to be honest with you, but. I mean, when you think about it, the only risk in Tarkov is in gameplay. There's not many risk outside of like the menus. You know what I mean? 
yeah. So anything that's involved in the game plays risk. Like I'm like one thing I'm thinking is like because your hideout and your stash, all that is like guaranteed. Like as a and I'm probably like tangenting way off, but the <laughs> thoughts are coming to me is like scav junk lucky scav junk box. Like that's like an investment that has zero risk. Because you're like you're going to use that space, especially if you're standing your account. Like you're going to use that space. And it's like guaranteed safety. It's secured. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, sure, you can't get back that money you spent. Um, but the, the the time and space you save like pays off for it. Yeah. Um, but that's like I think that's I think that's kind of okay because of the cost. Especially when you're like playing early, but like I get, I get what you, I get what you're saying, right? Because there's there are different things in the game that I don't think everything needs to have. I guess uh, I don't know. I guess everything needs to have, but not everything needs to have risk on it. Not everything needs to be kind of like you know upside downside or whatever. But like, well, remember the it's the, the, it's AP? the cost of that though, which is what and the stashed space thing is like just kind of annoying, right? It's like mm-hmm. I guess your choice there is to either just keep going and do other stuff or to invest the money in the scav junk box and then have more more storage space but it's kind of like a i mean storage space is sort of economic but it's also kind of like just a quality of life issue too rather than anything else well like to tie it into like the flea market with remember that the 338 lapua rounds yeah like they're only found in raid so you have to go in the game and risk gear and if you find it they're super valuable or even like an asa you know, you can't get that from a trader. It's super valuable. Let's in high demand. Like to me, things like more things being found in rate only, like more associated risk, just makes the game more interesting. You know? Yeah. I mean I've I've always said that I think the traders should have less end game stuff. I think things like the vector shouldn't even be on the traders, to be honest with you. Like the thing is you cause mm. you can play you can play the game just fine without having traders have everything, right? I just don't think it's even necessary. You know, I think they should have they should yeah, have no. like stuff to get you started and some maybe some like mid-tier mods. I just think like the top end mods, things like the canted foregrips and you know the the you know the, the big scopes and all this kind of stuff, it should all be fine and made in my opinion. But that's just kind of the way that the way I see it. You know, you could you could play the game with an AK seventy four M with like, you know, BT rounds and a you know a um an EKP scope on the top with a bastion on it, right? That's fine. I mean you can kill people, there's no problem. But I just yeah, and I just feel like I'll oh, just being able to like easy buy all of the best stuff from the traders and it's way cheaper than the flea because of the final raid system too right just kind and of like ties in yeah and just undermines the scarcity in the game yeah and that ties into like the the rpg the reward system like i grinded the traders therefore i should be rewarded you know what i mean yeah yeah like it, but i guess what we're saying is the reward is too good <laughs> Yeah, we were saying the reward the reward is so good that it makes the game boring. In fact, it's like mm-hmm. it's like the reward is kind of like if the reward was just like a, you know, an I win button every time you entered into a raid, like that wouldn't be good game design. But it would be progression. Yeah. Right? It would it, reward it would players who played the longest. You kill a killer 100 times, you can kill everyone immediately after stepping into the raid <laughs> with one button, right? It's terrible game design, but it's 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 progression right. and like I don't know there's, I'm, I'm using a stupid example, but it's you know you know what I mean, right? It's like uh, you can you don't need it to be like that to still reward higher end players. And, um, I, and I, sorry, I just want to say, and I think the gap 
between one through ten to like even level twenty. Like that's such a big gap because level twenty, assuming you're doing your quest, you have therapist three, I wanna say. Um, so that's like a milestone. You have like a flea market, that's a milestone, obviously. You have Prapper, which is a pretty big milestone. Like now you can guarantee buy butt stocks really cheap, the rubber butt pads. Um yep. I'm pretty sure you can get decent ammo. I don't think you get BT, but you can get what's the one? BP? I think you can get BP reliably. Like that's at a fixed price. You know, and, and if this is early wipe we're talking, then you know, you're saving money. Like there's there's like this weird like the curve is like it's just like super difficult at the start and then like boom level 10 it's like super like it's such a huge shift in the curve you know and then like there's yeah. like these slow milestones you hit you know yeah exactly and i don't and i don't snowballs. mind like yeah i don't i don't mind those milestones like what i would kind of i don't know i don't know whether this would be you know appropriate for his first step but like if you just cut off trader level 4 or something and just left the progression to trade level three and then kept all the trade level four stuff in finding raid. That would kind of that's I think of, that would be pretty interesting. That sort of approximates what I what I would like, I think. Yeah. Because I still I still <clears throat> I still talk about this, right? It's like about the, the top end stuff. I feel like you should almost just have to find all the little pieces of them. I've said this, I think I've said this idea yeah. like twenty five thousand times, but like I would like excitement in the game for for finding, you know, items. Um and especially good stuff, and especially if you find them on someone else, not just like, oh, I've killed this dude. Oh, look, he's got a nine mil vector. That's interesting. I can buy that off Skier three. So, and if I'm if I'm not going to, well, if I'm going to use it, then fine. If not, then I guess I just sell it back to the trader because I'm going to just buy it again. Like I don't need to keep it. And then it makes the storage space less valuable because you can just kind of rebuy anything that you that you need too. Yeah. Um, you don't need to actually hold on to stuff either, which. And- there's another decision that you might have to make, right? It's just like, well, if you if you sell some of this stuff back to the traders, but you can't buy them, you know, well then that's a that's permanent. There's no coming back from that, right? And that's like, yeah. then it's a, yeah. then it's more interesting gameplay thing, right? Because it's like, well, do I want the money, or do I want to be able to potentially keep this? Right. Well, I might use it, but like, if if I sell it, then it's gone. But right? was right now, it's just like you know, shift control click 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 click. If I can't go on the flea market, it's just like right, you know, ragman mechanic Jaeger or whatever. And it's just like bam bam bam, out it goes. Yeah. So, um, and when that item is in your stash, it's guaranteed, like just how the game's set up. Like it's, it's not, it's safe. You know what I mean? There's no like persistent open world. Yeah. Like exactly. in, in the game, like day Z, if you find something really valuable, you know, you can keep it on your person and log out and it's safe, mm-hmm. but you can only keep so many things in your person. Exactly. Right. So you got to store it. And there's that potential loss. Like, I, it, I, it's, there's so many. It's like a culmination of a lot of different elements that I feel like the end game just makes it so bleh, you know? Yeah. Well, because the, I think, I honestly think one of the main reasons why the end game is so boring for people is just because, like, despite most people's best efforts, you end up just making money regardless, even if you're mm. running ridiculous kits. And especially mm. now, like this was kind of the way at the end of the last wipe anyway, because usually, right, if you've got yourself to the end game and you've got yourself to, you know, level, well, somewhere, somewhere above level 45, let's say, because that's when the XP really starts to get insane. I think I ended last wipe because like, I, I, you know, I'm, I'll always admit to this. I don't actually play a lot. Um, I think about the game a lot. 
and I do a lot of like research about the game, but I don't actually necessarily play as much as quite a lot of other people because I spend my time making YouTube videos and you know, researching topics and, and all, all that kind of stuff and then doing doing this podcast with you um, and various other things that, that I end up doing. Um, so I think I last wipe, I ended up at like, I, I did think I got to level 50. I think I got to level 49 or something. I don't, is that true? Maybe I ended up getting to like low 50s or something. I can't remember. But anyway, once you get past like level, you know, 45-ish, I would say. You're probably all right at the game, right, at that stage. And you know, yeah, you have enough sure. knowledge that you've got, like, you've got the map knowledge down, you've got, like, the looting knowledge down, you know where people are going to be, you've got a good understanding of map flow, you've probably got full hideout, all the traders are clearly maxed to top level, you've done all the quests that you needed to get there, so you can buy any of this stuff that you want. And so that combination of, like, you know, good knowledge, cheap parts, free money from the hideout, and, right. you know, the ability, probably the ability to survive in raids more so than other people. I think like a lot of new players tend to have a, a survival rate in like the the twenties. Um, oh, I can say thirties, but yeah, yeah. So it's like it can be like t- as low as ten up to kind of like yeah. thirty something like that, depending on how they play and how much they've researched their extracts and stuff like that. Like sure. decent players who've like got to the end game and like played a few wipes do seem to be somewhere between like. Depends on how exactly how aggressive they are. It does seem to be somewhere between like forty five and like sixty. It really depends on playstyle. Um, I'd probably sit somewhere in like the fifty to fifty five region. I would say, and that just all of those factors basically means that like you've got this tailwind of money coming from the hideout in the first place, and that was still true in the last wipe. Um, means that it's very hard to lose money. It's actually very hard to lose money. And now, if you max your hideout out really quickly, it's almost impossible. It's actually now almost impossible. Like I've just decided to spend yeah. my money, right? Because this way I was doing a lot more like practice for myself. And I think you said the same thing, right? It's just like, don't worry about it too much. Just use the use the best stuff that you have and just go for it. And um, doing that, I basically ended up running like hex grids on factory with the Saga, Saga 12. And it's, um, and it's just like, you just can't, you just, I mean, it's, it's really hard. It, yeah, it's even, money. it's even more amplified for me because of, because I'm playing slightly less, I think. And so I'm still like, you know, looking at yes. the game and like running the hideout. So right. economic players like me actually end up getting boosted in insane amounts just simply because it's just like, well, every day you could just like run the crafts and make money and you don't even have to play. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you're mid-maxing economically and your hideout's max, it compounds, especially if you don't play as much. Like there's a lot of things that can yeah. just like, make that ruble count just yeah well, it can, it can, yeah exactly and it can do especially if you stop being if you're not being like min maxi with your kits and you're just running the best kits but you don't play a great deal you can just get away with it and it's hard mm-hmm. to lose money and then you've got like the guys who play a lot but the thing is like it's almost it's almost kind of goes hand in hand right so if you don't play that much you probably don't have as great as far you don't get out with as much good stuff because you lose some fights to some good players but that's fine because you don't play as much and the hideout is you know making more money because you don't play enough raids to lose enough the guys who play all the time are probably better so they actually win more of their fights they take more stuff out of raids so they actually make more money than you would um if you're not playing yeah, as much that's true and so it's like in both situations you're making money right so it's like it's impossible to lose money and then when it's yeah. impossible to lose money it means that there's no decisions to make because you run the best kit in every raid and then right. it means the game's boring because there's no decisions to make and this and this is the thing like it's, it's one thing about game design that i've always been really i don't know that i've come to realize is so important and it's about decisions like the more dis- the more choices that you give the player most of the time the more interesting the game is and you need that kind of branching decision tree. Otherwise, things are dull. If it's just like, if you're literally just like, you know, muscle memory autopiloting your way through the traders to build a Meta M4 and smashing yourself through labs, people are going to get really, really fed up. They just get bored. 
It's not even like the game's bad. They just get bored. People just get bored of doing the same thing over and over. It's like, yeah, yeah. No, 100%. <laughs> I think that's 100%. it. And I think, like, coming back to what the point was before, I think that events like this are quite are quite cool because it shakes mm-hmm. it up and it makes people think about different stuff and people think yeah. about going to loot fuel rather than you know, going to the labs and killing people or, or, or doing whatever. Um, and going like, oh, you know, I'm a aggressive player who only plays, you know, yeah, reserve or something, and I I just go and kill other people and, and loot raiders and stuff, and it's just like, oh well, now you actually might have to. Not that this is necessarily a good mechanic, but you might actually have to look at the timings and go and like try and buy some fuel from the trader and that kind of thing. So you can't just buy it off the fleet using the money you've made elsewhere because you just can't. It's just so expensive now. That kind of thing changes behavior. It's it's so difficult because now that I'm thinking about it. When I first play the game, was first learning the game, right? the game felt very different to how it does now because I have the knowledge. And I feel like part of that is because you don't know the, you don't know entirely the rules of the game. You don't even understand the game fully. Yeah. You're learning and the game is sort of like this survival, uh, shooter, looter shooter. And then when you hit that point where like you, like you just said, you got the money coming in, you're, you've, you're well adjusted the game. The only thing to do really because all your 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 survival's covered, right? At that point, it's just you're just there to, to make money, aka you fight people. Because where do people go? They go to the money. So that's why you see PvP and like resort, you know, late game. Like people just rush resort to fight people, essentially. Yeah. You know. And yeah. Like that's where the game you sort of like split the player base. Like this is a looter shooter. No, this is a survival game. You know, it's like it's sort of that great divide, I think. Yeah. Some people are really against like some people. They I think they prefer the EFT arena, whereas some people, I think they prefer the, you know, survival parts of EFT. Some people like the realism of it, you know, so they, they, they don't they don't like that EFT arena. So if they want to be more in that other category. Yeah, so I don't know. It's really interesting. There's a there's a wide dispersion in terms of like why people play the game, um, and it's actually the same even for the streamers, right? If you like watch mm-hmm. the various streamers who who play, there's actually a big disparity in in that too. And people watch different streamers just simply because of like the way they play the game. Like you you look at someone like um, I guess like Deadly's just so experienced that he can kind of do any of it but like he's much more of like a mill sim end of the you know i'll, I'll play it tactically because because he kind of likes to play it that way and like you know sit long range and snipe and like look for information and be like tracking people through the map and all that kind of stuff yeah. right yeah um which is sort of the way that i envisaged the game in the first place and then you you see other people who are you know the landmarks and and co um who are you know, hyper, hyper aggressive and not clearly extremely talented at the game too, but they'd rather just mm-hmm. like shift W the way through the entire game and, and um, just out shoot everybody, which is also completely valid. Um, which but, I think yeah. you can do both. Indeed, sure. indeed you can. But I think like as a new player, I don't think you realize that unless you've watched a lot of streams, like I I hadn't watched, I hadn't done anything in Tarkov. I haven't seen any Tarkov before I played really. I think I watched like one thing of like deadly shooting people at long range with a sniper rifle and that was about it. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't even think that like method two was even a thing, you know, because I, and I guess also coming yeah. from DayZ, right? I yeah. still, I already, I knew what DayZ was like and I knew that Tarkov was kind of like a, you know, an iteration on the same idea distilled down into a more focused sort of raid type, 
gameplay. And from there, I was just like, okay, well then this is this is how the game should play. You know, it's like it will play like this. And so you don't necessarily consider like, oh, well, if I just run around like a lunatic, like Call of Duty on Factory, that also works really well. And um, it's quite interesting how like you said, like the only thing to do is uh, is to make money after that point, which is basically like my wipe just gone. And then this wipe for me now is just like about me improving my own skills, um, which I think has answered for me the question of just like, well, what do I do now if I've got Capra and there's no more quests and there's nothing else to do? It's just like, I would like to get better at the game. Like, and I think that's com- that's a completely valid goal to have. Like, it's it's basically the beginning goal when you're playing anything else like PUBG mm-hmm. or Counter Strike or whatever. Like, most of people's goals is just to get better at the game. It's not to like do anything in particular because there is no game outside of the game normally. And so we lose track of that because of the rubles and because of the gear and because of the kit and the cases and traders and the progression and skills and all of this other stuff. We forget that we can just boil it right back down to basics and be like, I'm going to get really good at labs. I'm going to get really good at reserve or whatever. And just work on yourself and work on your own skill set, which is what this wipe is about more so for me. And um, so far it's going, it's going quite well. Just like shift Wing around factories actually been really fun. (laughs) Yeah. I think, um, I think the only thing I'll say about that is I think that that I would like the game to um, drive that things like that more because I would say that comes internally from within. You're motivated to play the game, mm. um, whereas I would like the game to drive things of that nature. You know what I mean? Yeah. My my speaking to me. I think that makes sense. It's actually that links kind of to what um, what chat's saying. There's a question in chat saying like mm-hmm. free to play battle royales or try to mitigate this with daily or weekly quests. Could these work in Tarkov? And I think the answer is absolutely yes. And I think you could combine it with like removing some of the top tier loot out of the traders and like link them to quests. I think we spoke. Did we speak about this before as well? Basically saying like you know you might have like quests that move one week maybe. to another, and it's like. Maybe we did a while ago, but um, yeah, maybe a while ago. Something like yeah, the vector's not on traders. It is in various loot boxes, but that's you know it's it's very expensive on the flea market because it's quite rare. But you could have like you know a weekly quest where it's just like oh, there's a big shipment in from skier's got a big shipment of vectors in. You know you've got to complete such and such a quest, and then you can get one, and it floods the you know the marketplace gets well the game gets full of vectors for a week or something, and then Mm -hmm. you know next week is something else. I think that could be quite cool because I could like mix it up, and people would want to complete the quest to use the item that's hard to get normally, um, or something like the Mark eighteen, you know, and any anything that's a little bit funky or the grenade launcher. I know I know it's like people hate the grenade launcher, but that kind of thing and. Yeah, you could you could use that like daily or weekly quest to like reintroduce some of these items that people don't normally get to use because they're they're scarce or rare or, or whatever. Yeah, um, I think that could I, be a way of doing it. I like the way you uh, suggested the implementation. Um, I do think that quest is not. I think it's good, but I think it's one of those things that. Um, how am I trying to say this? What I when I think of like when I think of like the something like I hate to use this example, but like Rust, like there's just there's no quest necessarily. It's just like the the gameplay supports your objectives. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, yes. That's like a very 
I think it's a good suggestion. I just think it's a very like hands-on content. Um, it requires a lot of. You know what I'm saying? I do. I'm, it's it's I'm, difficult I'm from a from a game development point of view. It's quite hard to actually put that in in a sensible way into the framework that we have already in Tarkov. I think it would only make sense. The, the reason why, like those games, those games have a lot kind of longer progression in that way. I think just because like you can kind of infinitely build whatever you like. Um, a bit like Minecraft in some ways, right? It's like yeah, you can kind of do what you like with that, and you can spend as as long as you like on it. Um, they they give you the the tools, I guess. Yeah, and you sort of like decide your objectives. Exactly, it's, it's like, a sandbox style, right? Yes, it's more like um, yeah. Whereas like Tarkov is more like here's how you get to the like here's your path. You know what I mean? It's yeah. very like defined. Yeah, Tarkov's kind of like a linear storyline single player in some ways in the way that it's actually ways, yeah. the way that the progression functions because like yeah you can decide which quest to do for which traders but they're all kind of going to level up at the same rate broadly right. because they're level capped the hideout right. always goes the same way because you need set right. items and it's very fixed and it's good to have a progression but sort of like the there's no like like i guess i guess what we're really what i'm really trying to say is like the end game is because everything we talked about with how like the end game becomes so bleh, you have to decide internally what your motivation is to play because the game's not motivating you to play anymore. Yeah, exactly. And like people talk about this before about like extending out the progression and like would extending yes. the progression on its own and making the game more grindy, would that by itself help? Things like the extraordinarily controversial suggestion of making the hideout only buildable with finding rate items, which is like <gasps> shock horror to even suggest such a thing. Because, I mean, that would—I I don't know how I would feel about it if that. That's happened. interesting. It's something that yeah. I can imagine them putting in place, but okay, but maybe very slightly less controversially, making all the barters finding rate only. I think I spoke about that one before, and that was... That's yeah, kind of like let's start with that before like, we start. Before we blow attacking. the entire game yeah. up and make it finding rate only. Can you, can you imagine, though, like if all the quests were finding rate only, all the hideout equipment was all finding rate only, like it would take, it would take forever. It would take a wall. And I don't yeah. know whether that would be better. Like, is that what people want? They want the progression to be extended out? Uh, well, that means you're going to have to find all those, all those items in raid then, like all those CPU yeah. fans, and oh my God, like it would take you a lot. Like, I don't even know if It'd you finish... Most people wouldn't finish the hideout by the end of a wipe for sure. Yeah, it would be it would be crazy. It would be crazy. Um, That's interesting. But is that good? Is that a good thing? I don't know. Would that be a good thing that you'd only be able to you know, do certain parts of it? I'm, I'm not sure, honestly. And then the fuel would be really hard to find too. So you know, you'd mm. only be able to run the generator sometimes. So it'd be a decision to turn it on. It's like, well, do I turn it on for this craft or not? It's going to make me money, but is it worth the fuel I put in? And then players have choices, and then people are engaged and interested because they have choices to make. I don't yeah. know. All comes back to choices. Always comes back to choices. It's about like, and this, okay, this is what makes it boring, right? It's about the reason why any economic game is interesting is because you have a limited amount of resource to allocate to things. Yes. And you have, you have to, to decide, make hard decisions. You have to make hard decisions and you have to decide where those things go. And both of the things you want are good. So there's no shitty choice, right? It's not just like, oh, I have to choose between like not dying and like doing this thing because that's not that's not a real choice. The thing is like, I get shiny A or shiny B, and I get have to choose between them. I can only have one, 
both would be awesome and i don't quite know the long-term ramifications of getting both but i have to make a decision now with imperfect information that's what makes a game interesting you know and then sometimes yeah. stuff changes in the future and you're just like damn i wish i'd done xyz and it's i don't know maybe like i don't know like maybe even just reading it all the way back and i know we're kind of like going a bit over time now probably at this point but just mm. like reading it all the way back you could even like you could implement the same kind of thing of hard choices with the traders saying well you either go peacekeeper and associated pals or you go praport and associated pals you could only buy nato weapons at the top level or you pick music at the top level yeah you're you're aligned with with uh peacekeeper you picked uh whatever bear you're aligned with proper i i yeah that yeah and maybe yeah, you could change it over time good. like maybe you get a boost to begin with or something sure like you could defect or whatever um sure if you wanted to over time and that's fine and maybe There's the so hideout would be do. the same right maybe the hideout would be like you know you can be like gunsmithing mechanical like building wires and all that kind of stuff or you could be like technological go for you know graphics cards and that kind of thing but you're kind of both you know maybe and that would be that would be kind of interesting you i think there's ways of doing it i don't think everyone more, should have everything more choices more hard decisions more choices. it makes the game yeah. more interesting it means that people have to have to think about it and i would do i would also try to do it in a way that means that it's not permanent and it, you can like unwind it and go a different way but it wouldn't necessarily be that easy because being locked into a path kind of sucks especially if you've like put you know 100 hours in or something and you're into so far into you know you're three months into a wipe, and there's not another one for three months. Then you really regret a decision you've made. Like everyone's played those old RPGs where there's a fixed skill tree, and you've gone the wrong way, and you've got your character's level sixty-five, and you suddenly realise that it's not viable in the end game, and you're just like, God damn it! And then you quit and never play again, right? And so like you, you kind of want to avoid that. Um, but I also don't think you should just be able to pop open the hideout, go minus minus minus, and to plus plus plus, and today I'm going to be on, on this tree. Maybe you don't even make it take any real resources. Maybe it's just like, you know, once you've built to a certain level of a hideout, then that's fine. If you want to switch from one to the other, it's going to take you, you know, 48 hours to switch your modules over or something like that. So you can't just like instantaneously switch. Or it takes longer the higher it is. If it's like a graphics card, well, Bitcoin farm level three, that's going to take a week to change over into like, you know, the workbench level three or something. But if it's like level one, lavatory you can turn that into a level one med center if you so wish that kind of that kind of they thing. could even just have like a generic skill system where it rewards you the more you do for that certain uh like take take the current crafting how it's just like this generic thing that applies to everything mm -hmm. like you craft faster the more points you have in this crafting skill whereas now it's like these subcategories like now you craft faster in the weapon thing and maybe Maybe you could even add like an extra element where it's like, yeah, you craft five percent faster in the weapons, um, the workbench, but now you have a minus one craft time to all of your other stations, and as you level it up, you know, it, it, you're like competing interests. I don't know. Yeah, some, something like that. How about this? How about you even have like each module has like maybe it's got three stages, but it's got kind of like it's got a a skill attached to it. And like, mm -hmm. as you move from like skill level one to 50, it un slowly unlocks the different crafts. So you get like, you can make paint as a level one, you can make slavery as a level five, you can do it. And so there's always then a little goal, a near goal to reach to. Cause I think that's one issue we talk of too, is that the goals are, they're almost like too big and too far. Mm -hmm. um, and so this way you could kind of like incrementally get, you know, little smaller bits and pieces. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rather than it being like big, big jumps, which. Yeah. Because that's a good point because. There's a lot of things that you unlock that 90% is useless. You only care about the 10% thing. Yeah. Like, I honestly feel like they could have more trader levels 
and like spread out the levels like max trader would be like level 50 now and then there's like these like extra tiers layered in they have like these yeah yeah i don't know yeah yeah i think it, i think it makes sense i think it makes sense cool. it's not just so discreet All right. Well, yeah, I was I was going to finish off with um with with some kind of like like a you know a segment that but maybe we bring it in for another one. I still I still probably need to think about it a little bit more. Oh, and given that we went over yeah, time, anyway, spotlight. Like, it's fine. Yeah, I was going to do a weapon spotlight on modding, but I think we'll save it for another time. Given that we had like okay. plenty of material this time for talking about the economy and that kind of thing, so uh, yeah, we'll we'll do, we'll do it we'll do it another time. I do I want to incorporate it. I think it'd be quite a nice little thing to do. And some people were asking about it on the channel, like how how to do it. And then um, I was like, yeah, I think you could. Uh, have a, have a subsection for it and just talk generally about about that kind of modding. We'll just have to see how it works out. But yeah, I think we'll, yeah. we'll save that for let's another week. I forgot, but let's make a real effort next time. I want to see that's, how that goes. That's completely fine. It's completely fine. Yeah. I think it was it was important to finish our our discussion on on this topic. Yeah. I also wanted to say um appreciate the viewers and listeners. Like your guys' support has been amazing. Um and on the YouTube side, like I've I've been reading the comments and keep them coming because a lot of you suggested some really cool things. Um, so yeah, I, I appreciate you guys. It's been awesome. Yeah, it's super good. Um, Joe's been keeping me up to date with the uh, you know what's going down on the on the on the anchor site, and I've I've read some of the comments too on YouTube, and it's uh it's it's fantastic. So um, thanks everyone for continuing to check in. It's uh, it's a pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure. Yeah. All right. With that, we'll wrap it up and we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one, everyone.